Welcome to Wellness Force Friday. I'm your host, Josh Trent, and this is a special edition, bite-sized podcast that fuels the start of your weekend with actionable steps for your wellness journey through an inspiring story or message from a trusted influencer that helps us discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. If it's your first time listening to the show, make sure you click over to one of our full-length featured episodes to get hundreds more in-depth interviews. All right, let's drop in together for this week's message. Welcome back to another Wellness Force Friday podcast. Today, we're talking with Kathy Hutchison. Kathy and I did work in 2016 and in the beginning of 2017 around her wellness, around why she wasn't feeling well despite eating a clean diet and living a healthy lifestyle. Quantified self, tracking sleep, tracking steps, tracking nutrient quality still didn't produce the results and the wellness that she deserved. You'll learn why she transitioned away from a vegan diet and all the flack and negativity and insults she received from vegans who were really trying to paint her in the light of not knowing what was best for her, which we know that listening to the show and all these experts, if you're in a food camp, if you're dogmatic about your eating, you get to just breathe into that and look at what that means for you. None of us were put on this earth to eat the same way for our whole lives and definitely not to eat the same as your neighbor. You'll learn why her genetics transformed her nutrition and food choices and how she listened to the signals from her body, how she got comfortable tracking, monitoring, and implementing these new health behaviors, and also Kathy's incredible journey of self-discovery and self-development by listening to podcasts like Wellness Force Radio, doing that inner work, that mirror work, getting comfortable with her emotions and managing her stress so she could get better and get more in tune with her body. You'll learn the benefits of tracking and the quantified self and so much more with this powerful episode with my friend, previous client and wellness enthusiast and leader, Kathy Hutchison. Kathy, this is such a special moment for me. We worked together for, I think, almost a year. And today we're talking about your journey, which is really a mirror for everyone, every single human that's on this planet, this rock in the middle of outer space. We're all learning here. And so I'm so stoked, so honored to bring you on the podcast today to talk about your journey from eating one way, being another, and then eating another way, and then being another. So thank you for coming on and sharing this story. Very glad to be here. So you just wrote a book. It's called Bad Christian. We're going to link this in the show notes. And I think that was a mirror of you and I working together. And I just want to thank you here on the podcast because you wrote to me. You said you made this possible the day you asked me to make a list of everything I was doing and report back what I was cutting. Thank you. Now, that was an exercise that we did. And we talked about this on different podcasts, the emotional inventory. Before we get into this inventory, Kathy, tell people like, who are you? What do you do? What are you all about? Why are you here? I'm a marketer. I have a full-time day job and I work with a team that really performs at a really high level. I work for a company called iBebri. And most of your audience, I'm assuming, have day jobs and these incredible demands and especially people who are parents and you're juggling so many balls and we have social commitments and we have work commitments and then we're going to get fit. And all of these things take time and energy and resources. And at the point that I contacted you, I was so tired of banging my head against a wall. Why were you banging the head against the wall? What was going on? Because I was, well, for one thing, I'm a, as Gretchen Rubin would frame it, a questioner. So I'm (laughs) big into reading all kinds of articles and I test drove so many things. And at the time I, I went vegetarian 20 years ago for health. And the last five years of that, I spent vegan because I had started reading a lot. Again, I'm a big reader, had started reading a lot about factory farming practices and really started to have some ethical convictions around that 
even took a dip in my test driving things that might work for my body and make me have high energy and feel good and look the way I wanted to look. Yeah. Test drove raw veganism. Um, because, you know, if you're vegan, well, let's go more vegan, right? Like that was my thinking at the time. Yeah. That'll fix it. Yeah. And um, instead just really hit the wall with that on energy. My body didn't respond well to that at all. So you're a professional, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're also a woman, and you're somebody who writes powerful content. We're going to link this randomkathy.com. You wrote one of the most powerful articles, Kathy, I've ever, ever seen, and it had almost 500 shares on Facebook, Breaking Up With Veganism, The Hidden Factor That Might Make You Ex-Vegan. I immediately shared it, and then I think 20 of my friends shared it. <laughs> and you started it off so succinctly with 20 to 30% of the vegans reading this, I have some sad and shocking news. Your vegan life style won't be sustainable. Now, this is your mirror, and I want everyone listening to this podcast to know everyone gets to put on the clothing and see if it itches, and that's what Kathy did. But I'd love to just have a space here, Kathy, to share this. What clued you in that there was a problem in the beginning? So I think the longer I was vegan, the more weight I put on. And really, Josh, what was important for me in the way that we worked together is you have this whole thing where you'll take all the data from a watch. I use an Apple watch. Um, I think others probably who work with you use Fitbits and other devices. And I needed somebody to watch what I was doing every day and say, you are doing as well at this as you think you are. Yeah. Your activity levels are high enough. You're eating healthy, good, clean food. You're hydrating appropriately and you're sleeping well. And basically, after working for, together for several months, you said something else is going on with you. Yeah. And eating, moving, sleeping, just as powerful, Kathy, you know, as thinking, feeling and acting. And so all this existential stress that we carry in our lives, it has biological, physiological effects. You went through a few different thresholds, actually, um, some of them with your parents, some of them with, you know, beliefs that you were in the process of letting go of last year. And you found a functional medicine doctor. This was something that I intuitively felt in that moment where you and I had met um, probably for maybe even six months, Kathy. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Your data is looking great. Your exercise is on point. You're sleeping very well. Your nutrient loads coming in, your proteins, carbs, and fat, I believed were exceptional. But yet your body still wasn't feeling safe enough to let go of the weight. And so you went to that functional medicine doctor who ran the kind of food sensitivities test. And that's when you uncovered this new pathway. But what was the new pathway? So I learned I was allergic to almost everything except meat, vegetables, and some fruits. And so my body was just rejecting everything. And even when the functional medicine doctor looked at my test, because she ran genetic testing and pretty extensive t blood tests, and she said, your body's not taking in nutrition. It thinks it's starving to death. Yeah. And I looked at her and just teared up and said, you're telling me this is not my fault. Like, I mean, how many times I, I write about this? Like I went to the doctor and it was always eat less, exercise more. And then, you know, I'd go to another doctor to check out hormones and it would be eat less, exercise more. How much more could I do? You wrote, and I researched, I read diet books. I did so many <laughs> yes. crazy things. So many Everything crazy from things. limiting myself to a thousand calories a day to drinking apple cider vinegar. Vegetarianism connected me to real food and a focus on vegetables, which was a big win and improved my health. But since I didn't know what I was actually going on with my body, I was blindly experimenting. I mean, when I read that, I, I mean, my heart sank to the floor and I actually wrote an email to the Wellness Force community, just how much it impacted me, Kathy, emotionally, because this is such 
a pivotal path for so many millions of people. We hear about, we absorb in the media different information, and then we just assume, okay, that applies to me. But we never take the time to actually let it land and sit and say, is this actually what my body is signaling to me is healthy? And I think that's what so many people, they attach themselves to a camp, like a food camp, right? There's 50 plus different food camps out there in the world. And for some reason, though, you felt the permission based on your health to shift. Who gave you the permission? Was it yourself? Was it partially myself? Was it your physician? I mean, who gives us permission to shift our diet program? Well, so I'll say I didn't start feeling like I had permission. I mean, one of the beautiful things about veganism is there's very, very clear rules. I just (laughs) wanted you to tell me what to eat. And you never would. You would always be like, well, you've got to learn your body. You've got to listen to your body. And I I didn't know how to do that because I'd spent so much time overriding whatever signals my body was giving me. Why do you think you overrided them? Like, what was that? Well, for one, I was very attached to the ideology of veganism. I feel like with really good reason. I have incredible compassion for animals and was very concerned about what was going on in the world. But even I had an orthopedic surgery back in 2015. And after that surgery, I craved eggs like crazy because my body needed something to put together bone that was in eggs. Mm. And it took me a really long time to give myself permission to eat them. And I don't know if you remember this, but one of the first meetings we had, you said, well, if I were you, I would hang up the phone and go eat a can of sardines. (laughs) So I did that, which, you know, for any vegans listening, you know that eating sardines is like a horror show, right? Because there is no denying that this is fish. There are little bones. They are dead in the can. So I ate them. And what shocked me, because I decided I was willing to do anything, right, to get healthy. And what shocked me was that I craved sardines every day for three weeks. And so I ate a can every day for three weeks until my body filled up on whatever it was that it was missing. This is the biggest point that I'm feeling from you is that you actually began to tune back into the body signals that were blunted from just life, right? And we all can relate to this, whether it's existential stress from our upbringing or environmental toxins or just life stress, financial, different aspects of that. Do you feel like there was a point where you were blunted and that's what actually brought you to podcast? Because you had heard about me on the Jeff Sanders podcast, but what, what actually made you listen to podcasts? I'm curious, can you connect with the people listening now? I mean, here you guys are listening to a podcast. I love them on my commute because they keep me energized. I learn. Um, For me, a lot of it's about motivation and just bringing those influencers into your life that are like a step ahead of wherever I am. And so I heard you speak on Jeff Sanders' show. And the thing that connected me with your show happened to be that I had never heard anybody talk about the emotional components I had never heard anybody go beyond the eat less, exercise more paradigm. And so I was fascinated by that. And I spent a lot of time on your website. And I think I made the assumption that you are vegan because Jeff Sanders is. And I read kind of an anti-vegan. It was really a listen to your body article. But when I read it the first time, it felt very anti-vegan. And so the title could seem anti, but if you read in there, it's more about finding what works for you. But I totally understand. Absolutely. But when I first read it, I, I composed a, a very strongly typed email to you. <laughs> and your response to me was, do you have 10 minutes on Skype? Yeah. And I was like, what? Because I expected another kind of a verbal justification or email justification back. And instead, you invited me into a dialogue. 
And I will never forget what you said because it stuck with me as being profoundly true, even though it was super hard for me to accept in the moment. And you said, I don't care about the ideology in your head or the compassion in your heart. If your biology is not on board, then you have a problem. And that's the first time it ever came on my radar that there might be a problem of my biology. Man, I just got chills because it brought me back to when we first connected there. And I think that that has been my kind of 10 year plus journey myself. I mean, dealing with stress, listening to our body's signals, they don't always work out perfectly. <laughs> you know, we have these things going on in life and then they multiply. I've always felt that stress, Kathy, is like a bathtub. You fill it up with water. At some point, it's going to start pouring out, right? <laughs> it's, at some point. And so for you, it started to pour out. You went on this journey of listening to podcasts. We worked together for a while. And I want to really stress this here for people listening. We quantified Kathy's wellness, truly quantified, okay? We're talking about... Uh, uh, blood tests. We're talking about activity markers and sleep and nutrients and really understanding from a number of zeros and ones level, how is Kathy showing up in the world? And then once we took care of that, which is really the hard kind of non-sexy stuff, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And you know, you made me do a DEXA scan and I started learning things about myself because the woman who did the scan for me said, wow, you have a lot of muscle because I, I worked out, you know, yeah. I did yoga and all of these things. And you know, looking at myself in the mirror, I wasn't seeing it. And so for to have it quantified, you have this much muscle and it really does take a lot of calories to maintain that. Yep. That was huge. I didn't know that. Man, it's this intelligence piece. I mean, this is what we're all trying to get is just smarter about our heart, smarter about our body. You spent a big chunk of your life running away from weight. You talked about in your article here, what if weight gain is not your fault? Another blockbuster article, Kathy. I think you're going to make a side career writing health and wellness articles. I'm, I'm serious. Wow. But this one was unique because we had talked about in some of our sessions doing mirror work. And, you know, whether you're a fan of Byron Katie, whether you're a fan of Gabby Bernstein, whoever it is, everyone in some way has their version of doing mirror work. And it is, what is my current reality? How does that reality shape the direction I'm going? And does that truthfully in my core line up with the wellness and the body and the health that I want? And I think that is the really hard emotional piece that's way more than diet and exercise. And this is the one that you really dove into. I'd love for you to share this part of your journey because this one supersedes all the vegans writing you and calling you names, supersedes all the people that were attacking you because you just chose a new path. Tell us about the emotional piece. So I'll tell you that mirror work sucks. Anytime you start it, it is outrageously hard, so uncomfortable. And for a long time, when you asked me to do it, I just, I couldn't even pull it off. Like it was really, really hard. But I think one of the beautiful pieces about doing mirror work exercises is that it shifts your focus from looking outside yourself to find, quote unquote, the rules and to find somebody else's plan and redirects you internally. Yeah. And to deal with the things that we press pause on every day, every single morning, we all get up, we all put on our emotional bulletproof vest because we have a world that we've got to function in. We've got people who count on us. We've got people who are depending on us and we get up and we get it in gear and we go. But you can only do that for so long before things start to unravel, in my case, physically, just showing up in different ways. All of that stuff has to go somewhere. And I know for a lot of us, it's going around our middle. 
and it looks like a pooch over our jeans and it makes <laughs> us crazy. Right. And so then it, the current reality doesn't match the reality that you're desiring. So in your mind, you're yeah. thinking I'm slim, I'm healthy, I'm breathing. My body looks and feels and performs the way that I truly want it to, but yet the current reality doesn't reflect that. So the real work becomes every single day, can I look in the mirror and can I tell myself I'm moving in the direction that I want regardless of what I actually see in the mirror. And that is so connected to the law of attraction. I don't care if you believe in the law of attraction or not. There are certain scientific processes that connect to the law of attraction. Now, I don't think that you can just sit on a mountaintop wearing a white robe and say, I would like to be healthy. Can we make this happen? That's not what I'm talking about with law of attraction. You did the emotional and the physical, Kathy, the physical with the quantification, but the emotional with the mirror work. Can you share with somebody listening, if they've never done mirror work before, what was the most challenging thing about the mirror work? And what was your strategy or your way of being to push through that? So I think really it's about sitting with uncomfortable emotions. And being okay with the not okay. I suspect that for every single person, it's slightly different because everybody's going to have their own personal unique experience with this and what they do and what comes up for them. But just sitting and being okay with the not okay um, is a skill set that we are not taught, mm. especially in the world of media, because everything's so polished and perfect. Yep. But if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, People see you how they see you, which is usually more about them and less about you. And so why not walk through the world feeling fantastic and feeling comfortable in our own bodies and what they do for us and how they serve us? Why not love what is? And that is the real work to actually love what is. And I think my favorite question from Byron Katie's work of her four questions, which We'll link this in the show notes too. And I know you've probably seen this or maybe even practiced it yourself, Kathy. The very first question that can literally cut all the bullshit from everyone is, is it true? So we have this thought, we have this view of ourselves in the mirror, whatever it is, we get to decide if it's true or not. Now, this is not like mumbo jumbo smoke and mirrors here. If we decide that something is true, it's true. It doesn't matter if our current reality reflects anything different. And I think this is where we're in our conversation at this awesome point where we're going up against one way of thinking and being, which is dogmatic whether it's nutrition or whatever else. And then we're also going up another way of being, which is more light and explorative. One comes from a place of tension and fear. The other comes from a place of lightness and abundance. And that, I believe, is the needle that everyone gets to shift. They don't have to shift it, but they just get to shift it. Now, the way that you shifted it was that you identified the role that genetics play in your ability personally to live and thrive as a vegan, you found just going through your process that it wasn't right for you. But I'll tell you, Kathy, there's millions of people in the world that can be a successful, healthy, raw vegan or a vegan themselves. What's interesting for me though, and I'd love for you to share this is, why do you feel like you were so attacked for just choosing your own unique path? I don't think it's about me. You know, the stuff we put out in the world has to do with our own perspective and our own point of view. You know, we were talking just a moment ago about how we see ourselves. It's hard to see the label when you're inside the jar, right? So when you're in that sort of world, of whether you're in your own body looking out through your eyes or you're in a world of a certain amount of dogma and an ideology that you're really adhering to strongly, you know, we take the outliers out. Yeah. Like if somebody else has a completely different experience, I mean, really, honestly, Josh, when we first started talking, I could not believe in my mind that paleo could ever be healthy. I just couldn't conceive of that because everything in my ideology 
was about, you know, getting back to what was grown and kindness to animals and, you know, all of them very good things. But it was completely outside of my comprehension that you would actually need meat to survive. Why do you think that was? Do you think it going back to when you were a little girl and you saw the animals and you felt compassion for them dying or was it something else? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I'm a squeamy person anyway. And so just the whole idea of blood and bone and, you know, bone broth, my gosh, why would you do that? That's horrible. But learning that, that there's purpose and clearly it works. So being willing to be open enough to actually experiment and try this stuff and then find that, yes, I did need a can of sardines every day for three weeks. Mm. That was a shocking to me, shocking and surprising transition. And I think what fills my heart the most is that, God, Kathy, you're just willing to do the damn thing. I mean, this is what, <laughs> no, really, like, I really want to just honor you here on this journey because so many people, they find something in their, in their path that they don't want to step over. And then their path kind of ends right there. Well, you know, that I would like to lose weight. I would, I'm trying to lose weight. I, I think I'm going to be committed later in the future to lose weight. I'm going to lose weight as soon as blank happens, as soon as this looks good. You just went through it anyways. And the journey still continues. <laughs> I, I'd love for you to share, like, what does your journey look like now? You've learned so much. You've gone oh down gosh, so many so unsafe and scary and uncertain, <laughs> you know, caves of mystery almost, right? So where are you now on the journey? Like, what are you looking forward to? Okay, so what I thought was going to happen, because I've seen enough Disney movies to know um, with my daughter, <laughs> is that what I thought would happen is I would discover that, you know, I, I have celiacs and I would discover that I have all these, you know, sensitivities to foods and I would get all that stuff out of my diet. And then magically, I would look exactly how I wanted to look. And it would all happen very fast and it would be fantastic. But the reality is that I'm having to learn what foods to choose on a given day because it's so radically different. And because I lead the kind of life I lead and, you know, because I travel and, and I have business meetings and a lot of social engagements, mm. figuring out how to eat in real time. So right now, what that looks like is pretty hardcore paleo with a, a little side of intermittent fasting, fasting one to two days a week um, for a certain window of time. And just seeing how my body responds, because one of the things I've found with leaky gut is that it's not going to be solved by a Disney princess, right? Like yeah. it takes a while for damage that's been done over years and years and years. I've had this genetic makeup my whole life, but, you know, I've also been eating wheat for most of my life, which my body can't deal with. So the damage that that's done, it's going to take some time to repair that. And so working with that and staying hopeful and playful in the process, like everything can be fun, right? Yeah. It's like when you get up out of bed, like you have a choice, get up out of bed and be super excited about the thing that you're going to do very first thing in the morning, or you can hit the snooze button forever and reject the day and say, oh, just five more minutes. I don't want to get up, blah, blah, blah. You have that choice in sort of embracing some of these harder things. It's got to be fun. Like I get to choose what to eat. And there's still lots of choices, even though whole categories of foods like nuts and dairy and grains are off the menu. Okay. This is interesting because when you speak, I feel like you've been seasoned along this path. If you can tell somebody who's like literally just starting, they have the leaky gut, they might have no knowledge whatsoever about 23andMe or Quantified Self or anything at all about understanding the biosignature. What would you tell them to give them comfort to take the first step? Oh my gosh, that you don't have to be stuck. And I think finding inspirational stories. I mean, you asked earlier why I listen to podcasts. 
I love hearing people tell about their journeys and what worked for them. Well, okay, so to confess, in the beginning, that was so that I could adopt their methods and make it work for me. But I think the real inspiration is that you really can experiment and try things and get to a better place. And in terms of food for me right now, I found keep it really simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. I remember in my 30s doing... um, you know, not to call out Weight Watchers, there's lots of programs where you count things, but counting points and stuff. And that was exhausting. You and I used a program and I was so relieved because I really just wanted to put a spoon through my head when we started talking (laughs) about having to uh, count things and log food and how, what a weight that is. And you were like, no, just two weeks. We just want to quantify where you're at and what types of food you're consuming. And that was light and easy. Everybody can do anything for two weeks. So two weeks to log and actually use the data and the information rather than this endless logging and trying to adapt to a system that doesn't take into account if you ran that day and took a yoga class and had three really high-powered business meetings Mm -hmm. or you might need a little extra something. The needle's always moving. It's always going from what do I need in this moment? to what do I need in the next? And I just want to honor you from the bottom of my soul. It was so incredible to work with you, Kathy. I mean, you were one of the few people that really just took it and ran with it. And I think all of us, we go through this journey of understanding how do we take this knowledge and then how do we apply it? The bridge in the middle is freaking scary sometimes because there's no certainty there. So I just want to honor you for walking the path of uncertainty. And um, I want to end our interview with just the last section of your post here, the breaking up with veganism. And it was about the percentage of vegans who are battling and aren't sure why this might be for you. If you find that over time, the diet isn't bringing you more health, more vitality and energy, Your ancestry may be working against you. When I first learned I would need to add meat back into my diet, I told my doctor that my husband, John, would be thrilled. He wasn't. He just hugged me and told me we'd take it slowly. He also told me everything would be okay. I believe him. And it's such a powerful quote because everything is going to be okay. We're all learning. We're all growing. We're all imperfect. And I just want to thank you for reminding us about that. And thank you. I just want to, I mean, you were such a great voice in my life at exactly the right time. I needed somebody to say, you really are doing what you're supposed to be doing. There's something else going on. Um, Besides all the impact you had on my schedule and all of these other things that were incredibly useful. By the way, I have to tell your audience that paid accountability at key times in your life is extremely valuable and can help you break through plateaus in a really big way. Oh, Kathy, I received that. Thank you so much for just being a part of my life. And I look forward to keeping everyone up to date on your process, what you're doing. You know, we're posting in the Wellness Force community all the time, and we'll post this interview there as well. So Kathy Hutchison, thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us. Thanks, it's great to talk to you today. Thanks for listening to the show. If you're ready to take inspired action, From this week's Wellness Force Friday podcast, let me hear your voice. Tap your show artwork, click the link in purple that says review this podcast, write down your thoughts about this episode and what you're committed to creating this weekend and into the next. Don't let this conversation stop here. In your same show artwork, tap on the link that says join the Facebook group for added accountability and connection to support the physical and emotional wellness for the collective and ourselves. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.